Hi friends, this is your host, Akandi Adirulian. Sorry we haven't been here for a while, but we're putting out an episode that we recorded a few weeks ago with Basil. It was really somewhere, roughly about two weeks ago, so um, what I continue to hope is the midpoint of this coronavirus crisis. And we had a candid discussion on what the realities look like uh, for Africans, specifically Nigerians, um, specifically individuals who are um, less privileged, and what that looks like for them over the next few months, even as lockdowns are enforced across multiple countries as uh, different countries try to deal with the threat of the coronavirus. My guest today is Basil Anthony Abia. He has been on the podcast quite a few times, always always willing to share his fantastic knowledge um, and his research with us. Um, definitely check him online. Uh, he's, his details are posted in the show notes um, and enjoy the episode. To Pod Save Africa. Welcome 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 to Pod Save Africa. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Um, this is my third time on the show, and it's an absolute privilege to be here once again. As you know, it's um, Mr. Akin Bitsi. My name is Basil Abia, and I do research at the Center for the Study of the Economies of Africa. Um, today, I'll be talking about the effect or the impact of the uh, coronavirus pandemic um, on Nigeria's economy, most importantly, vulnerable populations, uh, the, the, the low-income uh, folks. Um, well, firstly, I'd like to say that I'd like to uh, distinguish this this uh, this discourse. So I'll, I'll try to to put it into three parts. The first part will be on the impact of coronavirus itself, the pandemic itself on the um, general Nigerian economy, uh, the whole scale. And then second part would be the, um, the measures that the federal government has put in place to curb the spread, specifically the lockdown. As you know, there are a lot of countries and a lot of cities and cantons all over the world uh, enforcing lockdowns as a means or a measure to curb the, uh, to curb the spread of the virus. So I'll look at the impact of the lockdown itself, the succession of movements, on the low-income folks, uh, those daily earners, most uh, mostly of them, and also the unemployed folks who depend on uh, arms begging. And then thirdly, I'd uh, try to see if I could uh, prefer some solutions. Um, if anyone has noticed, I do a lot of writing. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I'm on. So I do a lot of writing, and I just published, the, um, I published an, an article together with a colleague of mine on, the, on what the federal government can do to ensure that the uh, pandemic doesn't get to the vulnerable Nigerian population, especially the internally displaced uh, persons. It's already out there. You could uh, just just search for ccafrica.org uh, and check our writings, especially our publications. You see them, all of them there, and you get your feel. So yes, not, to sound, not, not, yeah, not to sound uh, arrogant, but uh, as part of the Nigerian research community, I feel that uh, 
part of the work that we do, apart from doing research and documenting it, is also um, sharing our thoughts and preferring solutions. So hopefully, if any of the uh, policymakers get to hear this, or their kids who are still out there schooling in the diaspora, please do share this with your parents, and let's see how we can go and save the 100 million Nigerians who can barely uh, you know, survive um, under $2 a day. Excellent. Let's get into it. How about we start with the first part, the overall economic impact. I think a lot of countries are now starting to quantify that or attempt to quantify um, based yes. on the parameters. How about you do that for us now? Yeah, so the, um, unlike a lot of other countries in Nigeria, we really have issues with uh, stats, with data. But there have been quite a few that have been out. Uh, for instance, the, National, the Nigerian Stock Exchange uh, fell by 3% and lost over $2 trillion. Uh, just about two weeks ago, and that was obviously mostly due to the financial shocks. Uh, Nigeria might be in a recession in the next two to three months, according to reports. Uh, in fact, uh, for many people who know, uh, Reuters uh, conducted a poll with some of the best, uh, the very best um, economists around the world, and most of them are, you know. Most of them believe that the world, the entire world, will be in a global recession in the next two to three months. It could even be quite closer than, than we think. Uh, but yeah, the first, the first thing that I have to note that the, uh, the Nigerian stock exchange lost over two trillion, and uh, it's going to even get much more worse. Uh, there's been um, announcements from from the um, Federal Executive Council, especially the Minister of uh, Finance in Nigeria, where critical. Uh, public spending might have to be gutted uh, to 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 uh, to ensure that uh, that uh, loads of the money that we need to be pushed into the, the system gets uh, uh, gets um, uh, uh, spent. Um, what I'm trying to say is that uh, because public spending will have to be gutted, uh, there's going to be a direct impact on contractors. Uh, as you do know, uh, a lot of the fiscal labor that Nigeria gets or gets to get engaged uh, mostly work in the construction uh, subsector. So that's going to be affected. Um, a lot of our fiscal laborers will have issues getting jobs or issues getting uh, employment retention. That's the biggest uh, issue that we have now. Um, I'd like to also go to supply chain. Manufacturing sector in Nigeria is having serious problem with supply chain disruptions. Um, our biggest trading partner is China. And right from, I think, February, we started to notice a drop in supplies of OEMs. OEMs are uh, basically, um, uh, equipments uh, or main inputs for manufacturing a lot of uh, appliances that we do a lot of sampling, uh, assembling in Nigeria. So the uh, manufacturing community in Nigeria have expressed serious concerns. But right on the dot, uh, Central Bank, unlike how they reacted in 2015, 2016 when we had the recession, um, Central Bank has reacted very, very well, to be honest. Uh, they have announced the They've announced the three trillion uh, uh, economic stimulus package, which is obviously subject to uh, subject to change. It could even get worse. Uh, it could even get more. As in, sorry, apologies. Get more in terms of spending, and a lot of the spending will go into the manufacturing subsector. Uh, a lot of spending will also go into households. Five percent, I think, will be the interest rate when we do the, the borrowing. Uh, uh, yeah, so the service sector will also benefit from that stimulus package. I'm not sure how effective that will be. But it's a very important priority for the government to take. 
Uh, I would also prefer more solutions, but let me just use this moment to, uh, to, you know, to um, describe how the, uh, how the pandemic is affecting uh, Nigeria's economy lastly. Now, I think I'll move to the next uh, uh, part of the discourse, which is on how the um, global pandemic, the coronavirus pandemic, has induced lockdowns throughout Nigeria. As you know, uh, two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago or last week? Well, yeah, it was last week on Sunday, the president announced um, lockdowns in Lagos, Ogun State, and the federal capital territory, Abuja. Now, many other states have followed suit, a lot of states. In fact, I do not think there's any, um, there's, there, I, don't, I do not think there's freedom to move from one state to another state. I think um, interstate movement has been uh, seized for now. So that, that really does affect a lot of uh, uh, food transportation. And as you know, uh, we have started to notice inflation rate, especially food inflation rate, uh, get high. Again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I'll start first by saying that the MBS hasn't released anything yet. The MBS are the official statistical body for Nigeria, as anyone who's listening to, who has been listening to um, podcast Af uh, Port Save Africa for a while now, um, the last two uh, uh, episodes that I spoke in or I was a guest in, uh, I mentioned a lot of stats from the MBS. So yes, we haven't uh, had anything new from MBS. Um, but from Nigerian reports, from the news um, articles I have been reading, from news reports that I've been reading, we have had increase in food prices as high as 70%. In fact, in Anambra State, we have had food prices increase as high as 122% immediately. Um, a bag of rice that used to go for 25,000 to 27,000 in Southeast Nigeria now goes for 35,000 to 37,000. Um, um, Gary that normally goes for, let's say a bucket of Gary that normally goes for 1,600 now goes for almost 3,000 now. In some parts of Abuja, uh, the easiest one to get spaghetti for those who love pasta throughout Nigeria. It's you now get uh, spaghetti, a pack of spaghetti for two hundred and seventy naira. It used to go for two hundred naira. In fact, in some shops that I used to patronize, it used to go for one hundred and eighty. Now imagine being a daily income earner. Imagine earning roughly two thousand to to three thousand naira a day. Now you don't get to be able to move out to actually go and, and earn your income in that day. You're staying at home, you're stuck for a while, maybe two weeks, maybe even more, depending on what happens, what the decision is for government. How are you going to feed? You could, you could only maybe stock up for a little while, maybe maximum four days, and you're, you're back to ground zero. How are you going to feed? That's the, that's the issue. Uh, and this daily income earners even do uh, far well than the 100 million very extremely poor uh, uh, Nigerians that we have, whose access to 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 you know to a livelihood will probably be through peasant farming, or even you know uh, 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 being farm uh, offering farm labor for a token. Now, when farming uh, gets to reduce a bit, I'm not, I, I know that it has reduced drastically in the, the, the urban areas, um, the the rural areas. Farming is still going on, but it's very limited, especially in states where movement totally has been restricted you know uh imagine being a farmer in Ogun state you know for instance uh it's going to be really really hard to to, yeah. to, to engage in farming activity right now and uh, that's the case for those whose produce um is already out there and they want to transport they cannot transport 
their produce to the buyers now because uh, interstate movement is practically, you know, has practically ceased. So how are they going to do that, you know? So the supply chain for food in Nigeria, which is a major, major part of the economy, has come to, an halt, uh, to a halt. And when that halt comes in, you all know what happens. There's a price shock. And that's where we're having the percent um, uh, increase, especially in Anambrasi. It's probably going to get worse in other states as the days go by. So the question is, how are vulnerable people, vulnerable Nigerians, the physically challenged Nigerians who can't engage in any economic activity, and even the healthy ones who cannot engage in any economic activity because uh, movement has practically stopped, how are they going to you know, go through that? So yeah, that's the rough um, um, synopsis, I'd say, of the situation in Nigeria right now. Are they, are they, uh, so let's talk very briefly about what the government is currently doing to at least now in the short term for the next you know, say two, three weeks, the, the priority would be people who um, come between that cross of incredibly, you know, low income and daily income earners and then folks that are either displaced or just live in abject poverty. As far as, I'm, as, far as I understand, Nigeria is still the poverty capital of the world. Um, how are those people being catered for with regards to a lockdown? And then are those people even observing the lockdown or are they just managing to still go out to work depending on, on whether or not, you know, it's enforced in, in certain areas. What does that reality look like? At the um, right now, I'm going to use uh, announcements from government first. Um, obviously, for anyone who's out there who's a Nigerian, it's important to, to show a bit of skepticism when government announces certain partners. First and foremost, they announced uh, that they will be giving stipends to extremely poor Nigerians. They did not... Uh, identify or signify the number that they were going to give. That's the first problem. He said they were going to give stipends of maybe 5,000 to 10,000 to extremely poor Nigerians who are affected by the lockdown. And only three states will benefit from that. That is Abuja, um, that's the federal capital territory, Lagos, and Ogun State. They also said they were going to give three months of food ratio, uh, their food normal food rationing to the IDPs in IDP camps. So. What they used to give every month, they're going to pile it up into what they give for three months together and give it at once to uh, the IDPs. Those are the only two measures that the government has announced for extremely poor people. So if you're a poor Nigerian who probably used to, you know, uh, beg for arms on the streets of, say, Aquaibum, because Aquaibum right now is uh, enforcing the lockdown now because of the five new cases that we recorded two days ago. So if you're in Aquaibum, you're not going to get anything. You're all, you know, at the mercy of the state government. And right. I'm and not sure the state, state government, government particularly reacting to this. I, I think the best, the best up. response so far, the best response so far has, has to be Lagos. They have okay. distributed uh, food items, staples to, uh, um, to a significant number of, of, of um, um, low-income folks in Lagos. But it hasn't been in the rural areas or the semi, uh, semi-urban areas. It's likely been in slums and circling the urban areas and the distribution hasn't really it's not humane first and foremost yeah. um you know imagine going and throwing uh, uh, muzzles or leathers or leather uh, 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 plastic bags of, of, of rice to to people and creating in, in, in that doing creating large crowds where's the physical or social distancing being enforced right. you know lagos has 
almost 130 cases now, confirmed cases of coronavirus. That's the highest, that's the epicenter of the coronavirus pandemic in Nigeria. So imagine creating crowds now, creating avenues for crowds like that now. Right. We're going to obviously worsen the situation first and foremost. So uh, it's, it hasn't been effective, but it's, it's still the best of the lot because all the states have just been absolutely peaceful, if you permit me to use that word. Yeah, it has been really, really abject responses from, from state government. In fact, the local governments are non-existent. That's how mm. bad leadership is in Nigeria. You only have two, uh, you know, two sections of, of, of government really putting in work, and even the work that you put is below par. And the third section don't do anything at all. They just, you know, they're just two Gs, you know, for more prebendal uh, 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 looting of, of, of the Commonwealth. So, mm. but that's that's a discussion for another day. So, Lagos has to be the most effective, and even that, it is still very poor. There are lots of poor people in Lagos who don't have access to food. I've been watching videos online of poor people lamenting. Uh, so this is going to be a real problem going uh, as we go, as we um, try to go by the days. It's going to be really, really tough for Nigeria. The, the curve of infections has started to rise and it could really steeply rise more. Yeah. We now have, uh, as of the last time I checked, around 11 a.m., we have over 224 confirmed cases of coronavirus. It could get worse. Um, the reaction from, from the, the governments, the state and federal government, has not been enough. It, it's not enough. Uh, they've, shown, they've shown promise in capacity, capacity, you know, uh, capacity building, as uh, we've yeah. seen from Lagos. But rather, uh, but by that, there's nothing wrong. So, uh, yeah, the poor people are, are really getting wrecked right now in Nigeria. Now, now, one thing I find interesting that you put highlighted in your article is one, um, just like you mentioned earlier, statistically, our reporting simply is not great. Um, in addition to that, there seems to be another, the wealth gap seems to show itself even in access to testing, See, as, as it seems to be showing itself around the world, to be honest with you. Um, because yeah. poorer people can't even get tested um, for symptoms, uh, the vast majority of folks that appear, appear to be getting tests are folks that are are wealthy or people that have have you know enough income to leverage in in the aspect of getting tests. So if people are so if poorer people are getting symptoms, they're probably not even getting tested. So those numbers are likely underreported. Yes, the numbers are seriously underreported right now. Uh, our testing only just started to improve. I think we have tested over two hundred. Uh, or under 300 uh, people right now, which is still very, very poor, compared to almost uh, 16,000 people tested in South Africa. So yeah, there's a capacity problem. Um, there have been flashes of brilliance here and there, for instance, but it has largely been due to help from the private sector. Okay. Other than that, it's, it's going to be really, really tough when, and I don't pray for that, but it's inevitable. Sci the science behind this is inevitable. The statistics behind this is inevitable. It's going to have to reach the real poor uh, uh, populations in Nigeria, and when it does, it might be carnage. For now, it is largely a as some some parts or some sections of the Nigerian media or the Nigerian press they have noted it to be um, a virus of the rich. So a lot of a lot of the Nigerian elite are the ones who currently suffering from the from the virus, and uh, it's mostly been in in the wealthy spaces of Nigeria. Etiosa local government basically houses the um, Victoria Garden 
uh, Garden City and other high, uh, um, uh, high rated uh, um, neighborhoods in Lagos. That's the epicenter of the, um, the virus in Lagos. In Abuja, it's basically been between Maitama and Asokoro. So yeah, basically it's been it's largely been a, a virus that's affected the Nigerian elite class, right? But mm-hmm. once it gets into those um, very very uh, poor spaces, that is where you're going to actually see how we don't have the capacity to contain. Um, the only thing we would have to do is militantly enforce a lockdown, and militant enforcement of the lockdown nationwide is going to be pure pure carnage on the poor people. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that, that's what we should look at. And, uh, so so I mean, a militantly or very aggressively enforced lockdown um, seems to be one of the solutions you suggest. I mean, in addition to that, let's let's talk about some of the other things you mentioned in your article with regards to uh, how how does the government appropriately react to it? What is the good to be done here? Um, and you mentioned um, some more drawing up food supplies to IDPs, people that are in vulnerable positions. Is there a realistic way for that to be done? Ah, well, from the article, it, 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 it looked at just one perspective, the IDPs. Yes. So there's, there's a very realistic way to um, ensure that food is no longer a problem for the uh, independent uh, displaced persons throughout Nigeria. All of them live in camps. The camps are well numbered. Uh, uh, there's a complete uh, proper organization of these camps. Um, okay. It might not be as good as we expected to, but it's the best that we have. So what we could do, what the government could do, is just to ensure that, apart from the the um, upping of the food rationing, uh, they enforce physical distances distancing in those spaces, uh, and then uh, most importantly see that the, uh, the, the supply chain from the, from the local farmers or the peasant farmers in these local areas and the rural areas continue to flow. So um, there should be special provisions for interstate movement of food produce. Now that should be the priority because that is the only way we're going to be able to get food to the IDPs, which we have the numbers for. So with that, I think it will be very effective. I think if you can do that uh, very, very, you know, if we can do that effectively, uh, we won't have problems with uh, internally displaced persons living in Nigeria, you know, crying out uh, because of ho- hunger. Now, the biggest problem, uh, I, I think for me, is the, the larger vulnerable population, the larger extremely poor Nigerian population who yeah. don't live in, 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 in those IDP camps, but live in slums and live in the rural areas. These people's uh, livelihoods has been, uh, you know, has been halted. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- most of them are very extremely low income earners who engage in very small retailing, engage in uh, craftsmanship, for instance, engage in low level services, being tel- tailors, uh, you know, groomsmen and grooms-women, you know, uh, being labor workers for the rich and middle class. Uh, farming, of course, farming is, I think, 70% of what, uh, what uh, Nigerians do. So, yeah, these are, th- these are the livelihoods that will be drastically eff- um, affected by this uh, continuous uh, lockdown. So how will the government be able to, you know, maybe give them not really a palliative, but something that they can just, you know, hold on to for a while? And I propose 
in one of my tweets, I could, I, I mean, it is a draft article now. I'm still hoping that it gets published, it gets out. But okay. um, I am proposing and I'm preferring that we, we use um, our telco services to be able to reach out to people by giving them, uh, giving them uh, airtime, airtime that can be monetized, monetizable airtime. There's a way that they can do it with telcos in Nigeria. Okay. Uh, we we have over 144, I think 144 million uh, 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 mobile phone mobile phone yeah cell phone users in Nigeria. That's a very large number. Obviously, not everyone has it, uh, and then most of the numbers are people that have two or three SIMs, for instance. But if if we just do a rough estimate, we're looking at 70 to 80 million people who actively have phone lines that we can you know take advantage of. Uh, for you to be able to use a SIM, you have to have registered your SIM card. So you could get the uh, authentication of these people by you know, just going into their SIM card uh, registration records mm. and then just transfer, transfer well, let's say maybe 5,000 to every single SIM uh, uh, user in Nigeria, for instance, or 10,000. And then the telcos together in tandem with the Central Bank of Nigeria, you know, look or find a way to be able to um, get that uh, converted to cash. Obviously, it might not be converted to physical cash. It might not be advisable to convert to physical cash, because, as you know, uh, yes. the virus spreads easily to uh, you know, uh, true cash. So maybe if it goes straight as airtime, they could use the airtime as tokens to be able to, to buy uh, uh, food stuff, you know? Okay. Uh, and I know the So we might have to have uh, markets open regularly, maybe once a week. And when these markets are open, uh, social distances is enforced to the latter. Okay. And then these people who now have these palliatives for the government, maybe the 5,000 naira grant or 10,000 naira grant in their phones as airtime can now use it to pay for those goods, for those food stuff from the people that are selling it. And instead of cash, they get it straight to their own um, um, airtime account or SIM account. That, I think, for me, makes practical sense. It will not reach every single poor Nigerian, but it will reach the larger, you know, the, uh, the, the larger part of the democracy, which is incredibly important. It is far better than just distributing posters, which is not going to be effective. Let's, let's not lie. I watched with utter dismay, I think it was last week, when the Minister of Humanitarian Affairs was distributing physical cash to um, supposed uh, extremely poor people in the in the um, uh, uh, the feeder towns, the um, the slums close to Abuja, and it was it was really me. I was really disappointed in that uh, social distances wasn't distancing wasn't enforced, and it didn't really reach out to people. I think from the numbers that I saw, from what I could see from the pictures, probably just about two to three thousand people were there. So, so, and we have, we have roughly a hundred million extremely poor people who are in their need of this, you know, the, this sort of soccer from the government. How? It's not going to be possible. This is not possible. It's not practical. So, uh, uh, for me, I think that that telco, that telco idea is really yeah, practical. That's... And it's, and I'm not the only person sharing it. A lot of people within the um, research community, uh, you know, are sharing that same idea as well. So, it is something that can be, you know, workable in a few days just have some meetings some obviously some uh, te teleconferences 
with the um, telco um, executives, incentivize them into doing this by you know offering them tax cuts. And trust me, the telcos will gladly oblige. It, it, they will even you know just show them that it's also part of their CSR, and they will gladly oblige too. Uh, but yet yeah, there has to be a ramp ramping up of capacity development, uh, uh, capacity building to ensure that the, uh, uh, a little bit of palliatives, palliatives reach the vulnerable populations in Nigeria right now. Okay, makes, makes perfect. That's actually quite an ingenious one because um, potentially you could even use this, the cell phones as a way to um, um, maintain social distancing. So maybe you send people in batches towards markets and say, okay, here's your code, here's your batch, you have Fantastic, tomorrow fantastic, to fantastic. You know, that's so, it, that's so, so you can, you already see how you could build on the idea already, right. and actually, um, you know, um, um, uh, enforce physical distancing in a more effective way using that, you know, by yeah. giving them codes to their SMS, uh, uh, via SMSs, and then they just call out their codes. And, but it has to be heavily decentralized. So okay. this is where the local governments come into play. Every single local government worker has to be out there putting in work to ensure that physical distancing is enforced and uh, to ensure that whenever these market days are uh, announced, people are able to get essential supplies and the supply chain isn't disrupted at any point in time. That's, yeah. it. That's the way to operate soccer oh, yeah. to the um, vulnerable populations. Yeah, and if they really wanted to get quite detailed with it, likely um, because people are probably going to be spending the vast majority of their time close to it, they can probably target certain neighborhoods and areas and use them. Yes, yes. Prioritize yes. The, the the issuance of money that way. So yes. um, I didn't even thought in that direction, but now you brought that yes. up. Wow, that's yeah. Lots just just there. just a few corrections. Uh, um, the um, the uh, the, national, the Nigerian stock exchange fell, uh, lost about two point three trillion naira, and then um, the um, stimulus package from uh, uh, from CBN is uh, about three point five trillion. I said three three trillion was roughly about that, but it's exactly three point five trillion naira. So uh, okay. those are those are just the uh, for for the listeners out there. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I guess my, one of my final questions, this probably is, is, is that um, what does this, does, one of the things this seems to be exposing is just a general lack of preparedness in our healthcare system, everything from the tweets from one of our ministries to Elon Musk asking for uh, ventilators, which honestly, I, I didn't see anything particularly wrong with that. Um, but but because these are desperate times, I'm, I'm not opposed to asking, you know, whatever means they can find. I think a lot of people yeah. are comfortable yeah. with this idea that we seem underprepared to respond to any kind of serious issue. However, um, you must also also weigh in the fact that um, everybody's underprepared. And hospitals generally simply didn't carry a lot of ventilators. The global hospital supply chain works on just-in-time deliveries. They never want to have too much, so they're not wasting and yes, suddenly yes. a time has come where things have to be ramped up significantly. So everybody's behind the eight ball, truly. Nigeria more so than anybody else, but what do you think this means for the long-term future of, of our country's healthcare? Do you think our leaders are finally going to invest in healthcare? Um, do you think, you know, do you think the, 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 the leaders will learn a lesson here? Or have we learned a lesson that, you know, truly the people we vote in like, legitimately are 
in charge of our lives and, and our choices are long term going to come back around and bite us regardless of, of what the short term game seemed like at the time. I'm going to be very honest with you and with the listeners out there. Nothing is going to change. Absolutely yeah. nothing. However, this is a perfect threshold of opportunity for things to change, as you do know. Uh, as you have completely uh, and perfectly articulated, this is an obvious shock on Nigeria's public health care system. Let's not forget it's one of the worst out there in the world. I think it's uh, the third worst or the second worst in the world, uh, according to the United, uh, um, um, according to UNICEF, sorry. Uh-huh. So uh, out of 197 countries rated on uh, um, healthcare systems, the efficacy of the healthcare systems. So yes, um, it's a perfect opportunity for Nigerians, particularly the electorate, to be able to voice out strong concerns with the government. Um, I'm going to be very honest with you, and I'm going to be very, very honest with the, uh, with the listeners out there. I do not think anything will change. In fact, absolutely nothing will change. I agree that this is um, a threshold of opportunity for things to change, but it isn't going to change. I do not believe in the Nigerian political class to be able to ramp up uh, public investments in our, uh, our public healthcare system. As you do know, uh, Nigeria's public healthcare system is one of the uh, worst out there in the world. In fact, according to a recent UNICEF uh, report, out of 197 or nine, 198 countries that were rated, we had the um, 195th worst uh, public healthcare system. So you can see we're in, in, the, we're in the last five positions in the world in terms of how you know, uh, our, our healthcare system works. It's, it is terrible, it is dire. And, and our political class are uninterested, do not have the political will to actually do the basics. Uh, they are all concerned about, you know, um, rent seeking and rent sharing for their own personal good. That's just the honest and realistic truth. Um, uh, I know some people will be saying, let me show some bits of optimism, but this is just going to happen. Uh, and I promise you, next year, hopefully when things are clear, we would still be complaining about the same issues. Until, of course, we have some sort of revolution beyond the ballot or out, outside the ballot. Um, there is nothing that entices or incentivizes our public officers, especially the elected ones, to actually actually do their work and uh, you know um, offer proper leadership to to their uh, you know to, to to people to their followers. So I will be uh, a tad too uh, uh, realistic now and say nothing is actually going to change. All right. Well, I think I appreciate your candidness with us because um, I strongly suspect you. Actually. I mean, I mean, let, let, let's let us let us be let's. Uh, I'm trying to be really honest here. Um, yes, this is a perfect opportunity for things to change. Uh, we have we have gotten the shock. We do know that we're not ready for this pandemic or any other pandemic that might come. But but these folks, these these folks aren't going to change anytime soon. Um, you can look at the track record. I always, I, I believe that as 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 informed electorates, we must always look at track record first and foremost before making any decisions going to the future. And I'm sure that you do the same thing as well. Uh, I'm sure you're doing the same thing before you um, go to the polls, the uh, polls in November in the United States of America. You know, 
so if we are going to use that same mentality, then we should use the same mentality for our Nigerian public office holders and you know, be honest with ourselves and, and say, these folks aren't going to change anytime soon. They might be, they might be little tweaks here and there from the state governments, as we have noticed. We have seen a, a lot of state governments actually come into play and show proper leadership. Um, is the leadership enough? It's not, it's not enough, obviously. Uh, but from the very little that we've seen, maybe restructuring the country properly and ensuring that our uh, um, subnational units, the federating units, especially the states, have more powers uh, 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 and see uh, a lot of power decentralization. And then maybe that could have actually see, so we could actually see some improvements. But if the status quo remains the same, old, uh, uh, we're going back to square one. That's just the honest truth. Okay. Well, you're absolutely right. Hopefully, for I, I, I hate to say the hopefully word, but because there doesn't seem to be a part. Of, I don't know that there's even any situation yeah. where the Nigerian elite has been, been incentivized to do outside themselves. And the only incentive the Nigerian people can ever, will ever have is just themselves. So until Nigerian people decide enough is enough, nothing is going to change. Um, if this is the thing that spurs, that's great. If it is not, continue as usual. Um, yeah, so Basil, any, any final thoughts? Any other things you want to touch on? Uh, we have a serious problem with, 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 uh, with data. So really, really informed. Uh, I think I did the best I could with the, with the present data impact. Currently, inflation rate is at 12.20%. That's for inflation rate. For food inflation, it's at 14.9%. That's the last, uh, the last one that was out in February. Those are just the numbers that we have to work with. Uh, but I suspect they will drastically increase when the new report is out. Um, unemployment reports, we haven't had unemployment reports since 2018. So if you're an American, and obviously you know in America, over 10 million people have lost their jobs. I'm sure if you're wondering what actually is the impact of, of COVID on jobs in Nigeria, but we do not have where we can get accurate numbers. I just know that people have started uh, to lose their jobs now, especially in Lagos. Um, there's a lot of uh, laying off of workers, but you know, there's no place to actually get properly documented data on this. So that's just the issue with this course when it comes to Nigeria. Uh, but there are a few people who are doing very well in terms of you know, aggregating the little data that we have. Stairs Nigeria or Stairs Data. I'm sure and I'm aware, I, I think that you did interview a few of the, uh, yes. and I really, I really hope you could interview them again. Ah, yes. Uh, very soon, especially uh -huh. as we get, as, 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 especially with regards to, to the uh, COVID-induced economic shock uh, and maybe some other, other things. If, if you want help data as well, I think you should reach out to them as well. Uh, they're a very rich resource for that. And then CC out of, uh, uh, we do the little that we can with uh, documenting uh, uh, drastic changes in the local economy in Nigeria. So you could check up on the website. For the listeners, you could check up on Stairs Data, Stairs Nigeria, and CEC Africa. We have lots of pieces coming up. This will keep on having, uh, just to ensure that uh, you know people are well informed of the situation right now. And please do stay safe out there, everyone. And you too, Akin, please right. keep yes. staying safe. Yes. Thank you so much, man. This is, Thank this you. is a match. I will never take it for granted. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yes, sure. I, I look forward to a further discussion in the future. Thanks for giving us your time.